Welcome, this is SV Pod. Alongside Stanford Steve, I'm Scott Van Pelt. So, there's only one place to start this week. After last week. And and that's uh, that's some Otis the Dog talk. Last week, Steve, you know me a long time. Mm-hmm. That's as hard a week as I've as I've had. Yep. Uh, and you and I, unfortunately, both know loss. Mm-hmm. And um, this isn't about quantifying. Like losing folks is different. Okay. But I got to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what's ever been more difficult than finding out that my guy was wasn't going to make it, mm. which which we found out, and knowing that, and the the the, the weight of that, it crushed me. It was like a bomb went off in my soul, mm-hmm. and. I was warned by people about what it was like and no one sugarcoated it. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it for anybody out there. As bad as you hear it is, it's worse. And I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just telling you what it is because it's that bad. And it's that bad because it was that good. And that's what I tried to relate in the piece that we did. Um, on the show about Otis and uh, you know, just, you got to get to that point where you can let him go. And I swear to God <laughs> along the way, my guy, let me know you can let me go. Mm-hmm. And that's phew, what a gift they, 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 he is much. And, and I think we do this thing in life, Steve. And I think, I know I did it with my pop, you know, I think I think when you lose people, I, or when you lose anything that you love, I think you look for signs to rationalize it. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've I don't know if you've ever experienced that, where you try to tell yourself there's some cosmic sign or something. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's bull. <laughs> maybe you're just doing it to try to make it something that 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 just destroys your entire existence. That, that it's somehow, well, maybe, you know, he was letting me know. I don't know. But I really felt like he was telling me that you can, you can let me go here. Um, and we did. Uh, and, and it was such an awful week. And it was so sad. And it's debilitating. And I just want to start just by saying thank you. Because the outpouring, the overwhelming outpouring of of love from people you know the reaction to the to to a piece we did on the show and we'll play we'll put one big thing at the end of it Mm -hmm. because you sent it out the other night there's not no one's ever reacted to anything that we've done like that i mean it's (laughs) millions and millions and millions of people watching a guy crying on television about his dog um but I've learned something through this. I've said forever that sports are our greatest connector. The world's completely up right now. Everybody's at each other's throats. No one has any tolerance for anybody's differing points of view, and it's exhausting. But sports, I don't care what your politics are. I don't care what your religion. You know, Sports is a connector, and it still is. I, I wasn't wrong. But 
the greatest connector is dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I think we learned that. The love of dogs. And you're sharing your stories of your loss. You're sharing that you immediately went to your dog and gave him a hug and a treat and whatever because they're still here. I mean, the love people have for dogs, the love people have for Otis the dog who they didn't even know, man. It's just the coolest thing. And I, a couple of thank yous. Number one, a guy whose name you don't know. His name is Brian Alvin. He's our director. His level of commitment and concern to that five minutes of television was really moving to me because he too loves dogs. Mm -hmm. And for days I was sending him stuff because I knew it was coming. <laughs> and he, he's emotional the same as me. And the two of us together are trying to cry our way through it and get it on air. But he didn't have to be as committed as he was, but it says a lot to me about who he is as a human, forget as a coworker, but I appreciate both because honest to God, Steve, I mean, our show, uh, we take great pride in what we do, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think we do a good show, but no five minutes of television since we started was more important to me than that because I wanted to get it right. Mm -hmm. And you did. Thank you. And you did. Thank you. <laughs> Most importantly. Thank you for saying that. Um, yes. So thank you to, to Brian. I want to say thank you to a guy at Congressional Country Club. Jason at Congressional Country Club. We happen to live very close. Now, if you know the history of the game, Congressional is a big deal. It's a big time golf course. Multiple U.S. Opens have been held there. Um Tigers tournament's been there. We've got an event coming up this year, an LPGA event. There's the Ryder Cups coming. PGA recently coming. redid the course for the golf people. You know, there you go. It's a, it's an, it's an, an incredible place. We are not members there. We're what they call social guests, which means they're still. We'll put it in dog terms. They're still kind of sniffing. <laughs> yeah, let's let's see what we think about this Van Pelt group. I don't know about that. So far, I think we've done okay. Yeah, but just just a process. My point is, we're not members there. But I explained to him that Otis, the dog, really likes riding on golf carts. And he, he's, when he was at his heyday, he was a 100-pound dog. Unfortunately, he had lost some weight over time, but he was still a big animal. And he, he needed to sit in the front on my lap, like a lap dog, and we would drive around on a golf cart. And I said, you know, his time is short. Any chance we could get a golf cart? Tuesday morning, they do, they bring one to our house. And so me and Otis the dog are tooling around up and down the street. Weren't a lot of smiles in those last few hours. There were because they brought that cart to our house. And so I, I can't thank them enough for that kindness. Uh, me and the boys took a ride. Then my wife and daughter as well and our whole crew. Team Van Pelt, as we call ourselves, went up and down the street. And um, that meant a whole lot to me as well. Um, but then, you know, it's, it, it, the, the time runs out. And, um, God, it was heavy. The, uh, there's one, one just cool thing I want to share. I, didn't, I couldn't talk about it on the, uh, in the piece because I could never have gotten through it. Uh, hopefully, I, 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 can, I can explain it now. Otis was a Rhodesian Ridgeback. 
If you've never had a dog and you're thinking, what kind of dog should I get? Let me help you out. Get a Rhodesian Ridgeback. They're big. Yeah. They're pretty active, like to run around, but their level of love slash protectiveness is just amazing. I'm sure there are other breeds that are great. I'm just telling you, Otis demonstrated the love bit throughout. And Steve, on his last night, my wife sends me a picture. And he's in. Oh, God, here we go. He's in my son's room. And my wife sends me a picture. And it's his back to the camera. And he's facing the door. His paws and his face are facing the door. He's riddled with cancer. All right. He's dying. But if somebody came through that door that had ill intent, he was ready to die to defend them. And I saw that picture and it's like, I got goosebumps. I'm like, wow. I said, he, he never sits like that. And my wife said, what do you mean? I said, well, if I'm in the room, he just plops down. He sits kind of facing us. And my wife said his entire life, if it's just me or if it's just me and the kids, his entire life, that's how he sat back to us facing the door. And it just makes me smile that that's, that's the bond that we had with this dog. And he was such an integral part of our family. And, um, you know, the loss is massive and it, and sharing it on the air, um, just allowed people out there to connect to their own feelings, as I said, and, and your reaction has been amazing and appreciated. Uh, I, I'm glad it mattered to people. Um, and I just appreciate how much you guys offered love and prayers and whatever. And, and to, again, if you're, a, if you're, a, it's just a dog, if this doesn't make any sense to you, I, I just, I feel badly for you because you just <laughs> don't, you don't know. And that's, that's a shortcoming of yours, unfortunately. <laughs> Last thing I want to tell you, we, we went down to the keys kind of off the grid, right? Mm-hmm. I'm standing at this outdoor bar and a guy walks up and he nods and he takes his drink and he puts it up to my cup and he says to Otis. <laughs> and, I, and I said, my man. <laughs> and, uh, and there were a number of people that mentioned Otis, the dog and, uh, just blows blows your mind you know they, they didn't know him but they if they know what i'm talking about through yep. their dogs so uh i won't keep going down this path other than to say thank you thank you thank you again we'll put one big thing on the back end and uh thanks to all the people that watched and commented um i i i don't i don't want to go through that again though man <laughs> I know, I know, I know at some point there'll be, there'll be another Ridgeback in our, in our lives, but, uh, we got to let this one sit for a bit before we go, go out and get in the, get in the, uh, in the market for a new, a new animal. Mm. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. 
As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's pivot, shall we? Pivot. Don't travel. Pivot. Stanley Cup playoffs start tonight. It's Monday night. Yep. ESPN. It's very exciting. Love that. I was mad at first that they weren't going at the same time as the NBA playoffs. It felt like they should have started at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm happy. Now I'm happy they didn't because now we don't get NBA playoffs every night, but we get your your four wide late night starts. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. At first, I didn't get. I didn't have the vision. Now I have the clarity. Do you? Are you with me on that? Oh, I'm totally with you. I've I've been counting down. Uh, you know, just I'm like, when is this regular season over? Because you that. and I, uh, I think we're very similar in our taste of hockey, and it's meaning what? What's our taste? We'll watch. We watch regular season hockey, but we won't miss a second. Of of playoff of Stanley Cup playoff bingo bingo we bingo. are yes yes I mean it. and it and it's been forever I mean it goes back to the radio days of us coming in I remember the Bruins run uh, when Rosillo had the connection with Timmy Thomas and and that whole deal but I it, I don't know what I can't explain it I love going to it it's the it's the number one sport I think that is is most gratifying in person as opposed to watching on TV because of how you, fast these guys. Exactly. The appreciation you get for the, for the absolute genius, the athletic genius of these people in person, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense that, that you do all that at that speed. And the craziness of it because of how hard these guys are, the not knowing of energy, uh, injuries, being very short about all that stuff. And I've said it just time. What I'm amazed about in this sport is how careers and seasons and championships are championship runs are ended by possibly one deflection. And that is what makes it so crazy to me. Uh, with how hard these guys are going and you're playing with a puck and it's not a ball and you're on ice and the, my level of ice skating has never reached a point one because I've never even attempted to, to lace up some skates. Uh, but it's all in one. I'm telling you if, you, if you, if you haven't, if you think you're not a fan, just put it on the intensity and the excitement, the crowds, these home crowds. It's amazing how awesome they are but how little sometimes they mean. And I think that is 
at the top as far as home field and home ice advantage in sports where I, it, when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter. Um, no, it's, it's, but it's awesome to see. And I don't know how to explain it. I just, I'm fired up because we have it now. It's a sport that has great young superstars. And I'm telling you, if you're not a, a, a fan, just give it a try. The excitement level is second to none. Yeah. I've always loved it. I, I've talked about it for years that, there's the, the ad, the no words ad, where they show the guys yeah. trying to explain what it means when you win the cup and they can't speak. And you look at the what the give is. What are you willing to give in the pursuit? People out there, you know, injuries that would incapacitate a normal human. Out there, don't miss a shift. Diving in front of pucks. No, thank you. Not this guy. I'm ugly enough as, it, as I... Sitting here without a puck, whizzing at my dome. I don't need to take one off my grill, man. I I I I have the least amount of understanding of how to do what they do, and the highest amount of appreciation for what they do. If that makes any sense, I mean, I feel like like I can throw a baseball, I can throw a football, I can hit a golf ball, I cannot skate, I. Nothing that they do could I do. Nothing. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Right? I mean, we, we, yeah. you and I, we, you and I, I laughed said, about The feelings this. are kind of the same because yep. we've, you know, it's the same. Like, we have no idea how they do it, but we love it. What's the Caps price? What are they getting against Ooh. Florida? Like, uh, what is it plus what? Let's see. Rock the red. Rock the red. People don't have a lot of faith in the Caps. No. So Whatever. That's all right. As long as Panthers, those guys put on the jerseys, too. Panthers do score about six a night. And the Caps Caps keeper situation, somewhat tenuous. Yeah, we, one o'clock Saturday. That's a tough time to get to the game. What, it's going to be rainy here. We're not going to be. Don't worry about the golf. We got PGA oh, Tours in town. It's I'm me. going to the golf. Not on Saturday, you're not? No, not on Saturday. Caps on the, uh, on, the, on the local book site, um, plus 320 for the series. I feel like there's better prices out there. Yeah, shop around. All right, we need to get some off. We need to get some yeah. offshore Florida book action. You're Somebody not going to get. You're not going to get a good price on those local bootleg sites because everybody's going to be betting the caps. See, you know, be careful want, of those. I just want them to be competitive. I just want. I they will. I think they. I see. I think they will too. I, I've and seen there's a lot some of disdain on both those rosters too for each other, which uh, even that piles on. Healthy dislike is never a bad thing. There you go. All right, so we're we're just getting started on the ice. Meanwhile, we're down to the to semis in both the Western and Eastern Conference. I like the Bucks even without Middleton because Ooh. they have Giannis. And I've said about Giannis, so I, I don't know if you're sick of me saying it, but I don't care because I'm going to keep saying it. If you don't love him, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You don't watch him play and love it. What don't you love? If you don't like the way the guy acts, you don't like that he has a smile and tells silly jokes and stayed in the small place and wins the title and goes out and gets a 40 piece of Chick-fil-A with a trophy and just with a big smile. I mean, what there's all this goofy manufactured drama in the NBA. And then you got a guy like Giannis who's the best thing you could hope for as a human and as a player. And people just want to poke holes or, yeah, yeah, but there's no yeah, but with that dude. I, 
and they get game one. And mm-hmm. that's not always an arbiter at all of what could happen from there. No. I mean, Minnesota took game one against Memphis. Now, I mean, don't I want to well, let's table that. We need to talk. We need a couple minutes on that series. As a whole. Okay. We'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get, get to it. To I just, <laughs> I, I just think, I think people, I get why people like Boston, they've been excellent and Hey, they got rid of the nets. Maybe you're, you're adding in a little too much value of who they beat in the nets. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. But you want to talk Minnesota Memphis before we move on to anything else? I just want to say this about Giannis and I, I, I mean, everybody has their take on postseason awards and all that stuff. Uh-huh. But when you watch him and the impact he has on the game, it's second to none, in my opinion, because great. You got a point guard that's going to drive and beat the, beat the opposing guard. Great. Guess who's waiting for you? Yep. You know, you get the ball on the block. You get the, and when, then when he gets the ball with a head of steam, like there's, there's no one like him. And his, his impact is just, it's every facet of the game. I agree. And he's gotten himself so much better of a shooter that I think it's just gone by the wayside because he made all the free throws in the finals and people are like, oh, so he can make free throws now. Like that's what everybody's, you know, critique was of him. Right. There but, was always yeah, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, but what's the yeah, but but what? Watch the games. He's absolutely incredible. It's right there in front of you. Okay. All right. Minnesota, Memphis. How how do you carpen, uh, compartmentalize? Compartmentalize what that was and what we watched because I still don't know. It How was, the hell that happens? It was the greatest combination of incredible plays, shot-making, and athleticism side-by-side side and interwoven with complete and utter idiotic decision-making, total lack of situational awareness. No one gave a <laughs> They just were going to... If it was going to, hey, man, if I'm going to get a buck, a shot up, I'm going to get a shot up. If I can get a bucket, I'm going to get a bucket. Whoops, I turned it over. Oh, wait, now I got to steal. Like, it was just incredible. And I I, I really enjoy a bunch of players in, on both sides. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody say it. I think it might have been Bomani on Twitter that if Patrick Beverly is the adult in the room, that's a problem. He can be an adult in the room, but maybe not the adult in the room, right? If, if, if all your young guys are taking cues from him, maybe you need just one less <laughs> volatile presence from the vet standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I mean, it was – I don't know – I. I I think I said it what it was, right? It would be an amazing series of plays, an amazing series of shots, and then you've got the ball, it's a shot clock's in your favor, just bleed the clock, make them foul you. Nah, man, I'm gonna get this I'm gonna get this shot up. Why? What are you doing? What are you doing? I, I'm I'm just trying to I, I'm pretty sure games one and two split. Obviously Memphis got it back in, in game two. So you got three, four, five, and six. I don't think Memphis had the lead going into the fourth quarter of one of those games. Not it one. D- doesn't matter. And I and watching them in game one against Golden State, I felt I, I felt like it was gonna be the exact same thing. Mm. They're so hard to kill. They're so hard to kill. Yeah. 
the, the, the energy is, I mean, I just think about the home crowds with Memphis and now we got Golden State back in the mix. Now that they're good, all their fans are back. It's good to see uh, out in the Bay Area. What do you mean uh, by that, Steve? Uh, just, you know, it's um, it's something that I've said about that area of the country with, uh, you know, their teams. Kind of uh, fickle? A little fickle? Yeah, sharks, you know, not good. Uh, used to be the shark tank, best atmosphere in hockey. And, yep. you know, and, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> this is about uh, Memphis and Golden State. And it's it's crazy to think what might be uh, not knowing what's going to happen on the other side. And, and I just it, it just goes back to I don't know what I'm supposed to think of Memphis after that series win because we know Minnesota has talent. But when you look back at it, it. Memphis struggled and struggled and struggled. And, you know, yesterday they're, you know, they have a shot at the buzzer to win. It's, I don't know what to think. Like I always thought Memphis was as good as anybody to get to the NBA finals this year. But now when I think back to that Minnesota series, like I'm not, I'm not sure, but they followed it up with a great effort yesterday against Golden State. Obviously you want the win. Uh, but I, I just, I, I still don't know what to think. And the, their next series has already started. I know that's confusing, but it's no, just I know, what I'm I know thinking exactly. of Memphis. It was just I, so, it's something I never saw before. And I, I it, it was really hard for me to comprehend. Well, game one was weird because because of the Draymond situation where he's ejected, yeah. and now Memphis. I mean, it, it's all look all sports, particularly the NBA, is always matchup based, and Minnesota's matchup and the Golden State matchup are totally different because of how the teams are constructed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in in terms of what you're facing on the floor, uh, you mentioned something off air about just how much you love Brandon Clark. I mean, oh God, give me. He, I mean, give me a million of those guys in every yeah. sport. Just does everything. Everything. And, like, having to guard that guy, oh, oh my God, that's the worst nightmare. That wouldn't be fun. No. It's a guy that constantly doesn't move, stop moving and pick up, you know? No. Like, hey, pal, let's sit in the right. corner for this one, huh? Let's just make that – you make that gentleman's agreement early on in the pickup. Look, we're little, all just – A little bent get, over, yeah, you know, you're gonna get to your, the knee. Hey, but you, you get your shots, I'm going to get yeah. mine. We're both going to get a sweat. We're going to get out of here, go grab some dinner, and then we're going to go to Bentley's later. All right, is that what we got? Oh, no. What are you? You're a Jack Russell Terrier? You're Mr. Tryhard out I here? Can't, I can't call over the back. We didn't sign up for this, bro. We're just trying to get a sweat and keep it moving. No, he's that's not what he's about. I, I just I love the matchup just because Golden State, I go back to the uh, – Golden State's got all these Hall of Famers, and they've got all this experience, and they're blending in a bunch of young talent as well. Yeah. Jordan Poole is, was their best player on Sunday. Um, but Memphis, I keep going back to the quote, that Ja had early this year about we will we will run up the chimney for that smoke. All right, they're about it, mm-hmm. and that whole team, that whole city is about it. And that's I've said this. I I don't know if I've said it out loud on, on the podcast, but I know I've said it sitting around. It's just wild how Memphis, the whole grindhouse, the whole Tony Allen vibe, the Zach Randolph vibe, that 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 they get a new group. But they seem to reflect the city, like no Memphis is its is 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 like its own country. Yes, right. I feel like New Orleans and Memphis are like their own mm-hmm. their own ecosystems. Entity. Yes, <laughs> it's like it's the Republic of Memphis, and I love it. I mean, yeah. they, they're yelling whoop that trick, and and it's like grandmas are yelling it. It's just incredible. 
Because that's Memphis. And this whole young group is they've had they've played one playoffs. They've had one season of being in the playoffs. It was mm-hmm. last year. And now here they are. And it's, you know, and you're face to face with Steph and Clay and Draymond and and the and the new guys, you know, Jordan Poole, who's yeah, who's really, really an, uh, an amazing talent. He is uh, not afraid. No, nope. a Ooh. lot of confidence there, which I like. So I just that matchup is uh, is fascinating. And again, we're talking on a Monday evening, so late tonight we'll get our first look at Phoenix and Dallas. Mm. That figures to be a whole lot of fun. Um, talk about a guy that's pretty confident, you know, Luca, and he. I mean, he was eyeballing the folks in Salt Lake for 48 minutes a night when he was out there. Yeah. And I think, I think Phoenix, I mean, they'll, they'll they, you get into it with them as well. I, I just think that'll be, I feel like that's, that, that's a little bit of a, of an edgy series. It's my sense before it begins. Very, very uh, astute point by you. It is fascinating to see how versatile Phoenix is when they're healthy with Booker and Bridges and Crowder and all the and Chris Paul. Um, the idea of who's gonna be guarding who I mean Brunson turning himself into into something crazy is 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 another addition to Dallas and makes them very difficult. But I I think Phoenix has the goods to match up on the perimeter defensively where I don't think you're gonna be getting that many open looks as you got against Utah uh, as far as Dallas. So, I, I mean, it, you know, you are the one seed. Go out and prove it. And I, I think they have the goods as long as they stay healthy. Well, I mean, it, they'll, Phoenix is going to have to deal with Luka from the jump where Dallas mm. did, where Utah didn't. But it's interesting how, and this isn't Dallas is better without Luka. It's just they played different. Yeah. And, they, and they, the way they played was problematic for, for, uh, for Utah. Uh, I so that that game, that series gets going tonight as we're talking Philadelphia and Miami. The Embiid situation is clearly an, an issue. I, I mean, yeah, my, I mean, that's you feel badly. I at least I do. I mean, the, between the thumb and this uh, concussion now orbital injury, the guy is so good in the regular season, and now it feels like it's going to take something. I don't know. Miraculous is overstating it, but I mean, they they've, they're a significant underdog in this series. Yeah, and you gotta. I mean, Miami's funky sometimes too with with how they go stagnant on offense, Scott. And yeah, obviously, ideally, you want to try and steal one in Miami without Embiid. But I also think in the back of your mind, you gotta be thinking, hey, best case scenario, we're down o two and we're at home and we have Joel back. And is it is it possible to win four out of five? It's possible, but that yeah. like going in like right now as you're you know thinking about things, I I you got to you know you got to play the hand that you're dealt right. So I think that's well, yeah, the best but, case but scenario I, is, is get yeah. him ready for a game three and and you go from there. I mean it's it's obviously an uphill climb. I, I hear what you're is. saying. I just but I I I I can't call having to beat that Miami team four out of five a best case scenario. I I understand the way you're framing it. Mm. You just you just have to figure out some kind of way to to just gum gum it up. Junk it up, do something, hit a ton of threes. Do you think Harden could score forty? He's gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just just regulate. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and get old school Houston on him. Just pull, just see see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, stranger things have happened. The playoffs, no, no. goofy no, things no. happen all the time. 
Before we move on, a couple things that we need to mention. First, the final episode of Man in the Arena, now available to stream on ESPN Plus, along with the entire series. It's Tom Brady like you've never seen him before. Stream it now on ESPN Plus. Man in the Arena is presented by Under Armour. And with the second round of the NBA playoffs underway, you should certainly be listening to the Low Post with Zach Lowe. You can follow the Low Post wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, you mentioned to me off-air yep. um, that you spent a lot of time watching the uh, watching the draft. I did. Uh, we had a, uh, Why? We had a solo daddy daycare for the weekend. How'd that go? No casualties. Excellent. Uh, a couple blisters. Uh, fine. Multiple fine. Playgr- playground runs. We uh, got the girls to their soccer games that needed to be. Uh, didn't get a win, which uh, hurt, but that's for another time. But, yeah, I mean, I just had – I mean, the draft starting at noon – or actually Friday night when, you know, it's it's going all night and, you know, you're putting the kids down and it's on the side TV. And it was one of those things. I had that on. Uh, listening to those guys because, I, like you said, your thank yous to the people that came to mind for Osta. I just want to say thank you to McShay and Mel and Lewis and Reese and the Bear and everybody behind the scenes with the draft because, Scott, I watch college football for 14 hours every Saturday. Yep. And when I tell you we're in, we're, we're in sat, Saturday of the draft, you're in five, six, and seventh rounds, and the name comes off, and there's not even a hesitation, and those guys are ready to go on these guys that I that I don't even know. It's it's just a credit to how detailed and how hard they work, and I, I, I those are some long days, and I as long as those days are, and you know I get it. People say, oh, you're in Las Vegas, you know, you're out in the sun. Blah, blah, blah. I just think about the time that they put in in the lead up to that draft and how prepared you have to be and how much time it's not, it's not watching, you know, a highlight film. These guys are, you know, grinding on tapes of all these guys for hours and hours and hours in the off season. And to be able to go on TV every day and they're going on all these podcasts and people, I can't imagine how many times that, you know, I always, I've always loved texting McShay like this week, be like, what, what, what are you glad you don't have to talk about anymore? And I just, I I can't thank those guys enough because the content they provided was incredible. It is every year. And I think people appreciate that looking at the numbers that it did. And, you know, it's on ABC, it's on ESPN and switches to ESPN two. And then Saturday it's on at noon and it's 9am for those guys out there. And they're getting up and and about to do six more hours. It's, it's awesome. And those guys uh, deserve the accolades they get because I know how hard they work. And I just want to say thank you to those guys. Yeah, that's well said. And look, you're talking about like all the names you mentioned are are elite at at what they do, mm-hmm. and uh, we're better as a place because we have those folks on our squad. You know, all of them are pros, and you, you could reach a point where you just sort of show up and read a card. But yeah, you try to read cards doing that event, and you're going to sound like mm-hmm. a guy that's reading cards as opposed to somebody who just has a categoric recall of some DB in the big 12 or the yep. sec or the big 10 or wherever. And so I know I hear you. Um, it's tremendous. It's uh, it's so good. And it was a fascinating draft to me because of the idea of how people could not 
get in their heads that these quarterbacks weren't going to go early, and they didn't. No, and I tell you what, as a, as a Washington uh, football fan, yeah, you get Howell in the fourth round. I mean, that dude was supposed to be a top five pick coming into this year, mm-hmm. and so I mean, who knows? I mean, there's a reason he fell. Might have had something to do with the fact that his offensive line was me, you, and the bear. Is that poor? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, a couple of local guys were asking me um, because going into this year, I was really high on Sam Howell, and when I watched it play out this year, I it's such a hard evaluation because you talk about the offensive line. To me. I think his mindset was really affected because their defense was atrocious and they were behind in every game. It felt like, and then on top of that, you, 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 he doesn't have the toys to play with that he had the year before. And we saw how those guys translated into the NFL prospects and, and, and playing well at the next level. So the whole thing was just so um, tough to evaluate and, you know, to his credit, he stuck with it and now he's got a chance um, he's in a good situation. Yeah, because uh, he doesn't have to be the guy. I mean, you got yeah. Wentz. They got Wentz on a short term, and if that doesn't work, all right, well, we got Hal, a guy that was supposedly a top 10 type player yeah. in the in the fourth round. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of Sam. I'm 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 rooting for him and um hoping for the best things. And I know they're fired up to have him. And it's one of the many stories. Uh, you know, Malik Willis, you go down the list with all these quarterbacks, uh, but it's it was it was funny just to hear these people because they're like, oh, quarterback, 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 quarterback. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And, and Todd did a great job explaining on Saturday, Friday and Saturday just about the idea of second and third round, you're still looking for guys that could start for you. And it's pretty obvious these teams didn't think those quarterbacks were worthy of a draft pick there because they couldn't start for them. I'm just glad the – I mean, glad's not the right word. I. I actually know what the right word is. I'm actually surprised. I'm surprised that this league didn't talk itself into it. Yeah. Because they always do. It doesn't. I mean, look, a year ago, you knew, you knew what Lawrence was going to be. He was in, and you knew what fields was going to be. Wilson played himself up. No one thought that that guy was going to be the second pick at BYU. No one, but, but he played himself up into that spot. But in, in terms of Lawrence and fields, who am I forgetting? From a year ago. There's another one. Wilson and uh, Mac Jones. Right, right. Mac Jones, of course. Those guys, were, everyone knew in, in some order that that's what, that's what you were getting. And they all end up getting out there and starting. Well, no one thought this year that that was it. And what's wild, and I, this is one thing I did, I did an evaluation that I saw and I try to avoid this because the, the whole draft grade thing, no one dislikes it the way I dislike it. I t- this is, I'm not going to say what I told one of our folks on our show because it sound, because it's going to offend people, so I'll just keep it to myself. Okay. I just It's clear I don't like draft grades because no one has any clue and there's no point in doing it. But I read something about Pickett that like, ah, man, you know, before this year, well, people thought he was, you know, fifth, sixth round pick. Like, okay, go back and see where Burrow was before the year he had for LSU. Same exact thing, a day three pick. Now, this is not me telling you that Pickett is Burrow, but it is me telling you that in a year of playing at a high level in college football, look at Pickett's numbers last year. I mean, they're, they're pretty gaudy. You can change the reality of how you're seen. 
Burrow absolutely did it. And so did Pickett. So, so, so what? So Pickett wasn't seen as this, like Lawrence was seen as this when he came out of high school. But you're talking about a guy that was seen as generational type talent, potentially. Uh, and you saw how he struggled because it's really hard to play this position. So for Pickett, I mean, look, they went out and got Trubisky. I don't just, they didn't take him 20th to be somewhere down the line. I mean, I'm sure they'd like to figure out sooner rather than later, all right, can you do this or not? But I just don't, I don't think the, that the notion of changing the reality of how you're seen in over the course of one year is unusual. It happens all the time, particularly at this position. But the fact that he was the only one they were willing to take, that was, uh, that was surprising to me. It doesn't happen much at this level. They're going to talk themselves into, into it. They're going to yeah. make you a guy, whether you are or not. Agree. All right. You got anything else this week? Yeah, I got something I hate. Steve and I have lengthy lists talking about this guy or this thing or this whatever. Once a week, one thing a week. Here's what I hate. I hate uh, I hate that we're going to end on a sad note, which is me talking about Otis the dog. But if you missed it, though, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. But on the way out, here's, uh, here's Stanford Steve just uh, squeezing grapefruit juice sour grapefruit juice on some what do you hate steve watch a lot of baseball start the season you know we're big into the uniform scott and growing up one team one team always wore white cleats right Mm -hmm. remember who it was uh i have no idea the oakland a's right Mm -hmm. oakland a's always wore white cleats now everybody does and there's way too many people wearing white cleats. A cleat is supposed to match your hat. Okay? Get the color, some kind of color in your uniform, and get rid of the white cleats. They're terrible. You can't have guys in the Yankees wearing white cleats. Pinstripes. I, I remember how excited I used to be when I was a kid that, that, that uh, during the All-Star game, yes. Eddie Murray could wear white cleats. Yep. Daryl Strawberry, the Mets always did it. White cleats for the All-Star game. Let's leave it there. Enough of it. Uniform police. Okay. Um, where's the optimism meter, Steve? For those that don't know, on the show, we have an optimism meter for Steve. Yep. It's about the Mets. And he it, last year was never higher than zero, except mm-hmm. for one time when it was one. <laughs> and they're the first place team in the National League East. And the optimism meter right now is is where, Steve? It's May. Don't. It's not April anymore. It's May. It's May. It's May. May. Six straight series. Yep. Big week coming. Got the Braves. Answer the question. Optimism meter. One and a half. Yeah, there we go. There we go. One and a half. You guys have no idea how big a deal that is just to get him. And and, and you guys weren't seeing the expression, but he he molded over. He wanted to say two, but he knew he couldn't. No, 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 not a two. Still that loss to the Phillies. I wanted that sweep. No better team. To beat than them. You gotta, you, oh, I do have a question for you. Okay, one and a half optimism meter. Yeah, question. Your thoughts on beef jerky? I don't know that I've ever thought about it much. Um, I mean, now you're talking actual jerky, not like a beef, not like a not a slim jim, not a smoked meat product, aka <laughs> slim jim. I'm a. I've always enjoyed a slim jim. 
Not going to lie to you. Fantastic. Really a great product. And when I was little, I used to keep that that last little, like a, the cud, <laughs> like I was a cow, and I'd chew on it for like a, a half a day. I was a weird little kid. <laughs> um, I... I eat it. You know, it's like it's like it's like sunflower seeds. If they're in front of me, I'll okay. eat all of them. All of it. And so I so I don't like it because it's it's small enough that you can just put a little bit of it in your mouth and and chew it, and it doesn't seem like it's a lot. And then it's kind of salty and tastes nice, and then it's yeah. gone. And then you go, oh, don't mind if I do. And then you have another. And then you've eaten an entire bag of it, and you realize. That's enough sodium <laughs> to kill an animal, like a horse. Big, big horse. What happened to the horse? Ate a whole thing of jerky, the salt, boom, keeled uh, over, and that was the end of it. So, uh, what's the what's the correct answer here? That's mine. I like it, but I don't like it because I eat too much of it. There, that's where I am. I honestly will admit I never ate it, and then recently started getting into it. And I'm all in on jerky. All in. <laughs> People get at me. I want to try all kinds of jerky. I'm in. I like the I like the peppered jerkies so far. Okay. But I know people are into it. Like they make it and stuff like that. Steve's all in on jerky. jerky. Yep. Okay. Optimi- Here's podcast and review. <laughs> well, optimism meter is 1.5. Yep. I'm pro Giannis. I don't know why you're not. Not you, just you, the yeah. general you. Uh, we love the Stanley Cup. And Steve's all in on the jerky. All right. And from that, here's a sad dude talking about his dog. Thank you again for all your kindness on that. And uh, we'll see you all on the other side. What? I apologize in advance for however this goes. Lebetard asked if I cried when I wrote it, said I was doomed if I did, so I guess I'm doomed. It's all right. A few years ago, I wrote about my dad on the anniversary of his passing, which wasn't easy, but this is more difficult. Because anytime I wrote anything for this show, sitting behind me in my office in his spot on a leather chair was Otis the dog. And that thing is worn in like a catcher's mitt because of him. Ever since COVID, when we seem to do everything on Zoom, if you talk to me, well, you got him as well, right over my right shoulder, because he just wanted to be wherever I was. Now, sometimes he'd stand up and readjust. Sometimes he'd lick himself because, hey, what do you want from me? I'm a dog. I waited a long time in my life to get married. I waited just a little bit longer to get my first dog. Otis arrived just a couple of weeks after our wedding day. Training wheels before you have a kid, right? Make sure you can take care of something, keep it alive. That turned out to be a battle, and man, did he battle. He had so many surgeries, we lost count. We jokingly started referring to him as Otis the Bullet Dodger. He fought through so much and just kept on trucking. But nobody dodges them all. And when yet another tumor arrived, it turned out to be the bullet with his name on it. And we said goodbye to our good boy. I don't know what in my life has made me cry like this. Such profound sadness over a love that was so damn pure. 
Now, it bothers my mom when I say nothing has ever loved me the way Otis did because she's my mom, I understand. But I just ask her, I ever do anything that made you mad? Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Otis was never mad at me. Now, he wouldn't look at me when he saw a suitcase. He'd go on hunger strike anytime I was gone for too long. But that was as cross as he ever got with me. Nothing we do could earn what our dogs give away to us for free. That level of love and loyalty. And so many of you know what I am talking about. I've read countless moving tributes through the years about what your bonds meant and what made your dogs unique. And I always felt badly for you, but I had no idea, honestly, and I wish I didn't know now. The truth of the matter is that the only thing our dogs have to do to take up this much room in our hearts and in our souls is be ours. Otis gave way in the pecking order to a sister and then two brothers. So gentle, so patient, so protective, he would have taken off your arm if he thought you meant to do them harm. For real. But even as they pummeled him and climbed on him and pestered him, he never so much as showed his teeth even one time to any of them in protest. He'd raise his voice and do that dog talk thing. I'd laugh and I'd say, talk to a Modi boy, let him know. But that was the extent of it. Simply by his presence, he has been a joyous and loving constant every single day of each of their lives. (laughs) Trying to explain his absence to my children was one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever had to do. How do you make it make sense to them? Hell, how do I make it make sense to me? And the simplest explanation, I suppose, for any of this is the truest. That the best part of this life is loving anything, and you do it even knowing the hardest part, which is that somewhere in the equation, inevitably, there will be loss. And the weight of this one is immense. Because he was the corner puzzle piece. So much of what mattered to our family, the big things and the little connected to him. When I get home from the show late at night, I'd sit in a chair in a room off of our kitchen in the dark, and I'd wait to hear the click of his nails on the floor. And then he'd barrel down the stairs, tail going like a helicopter, and he'd headbutt my knee again and again like he was saying, give me some love, Papa, and some treats. All right, big fella, I got plenty of both just like sitting behind me in my office. It was the last part of our daily routine to be wherever I was, and now he's not. After the show tonight, I'd rather drive all the way from DC to the Pacific Ocean instead of taking a short ride home where I'm gonna sit in the dark waiting for my Odie boy. But if this hurt is the cost of the transaction for being on the receiving end of a mighty love that I got to know in Otis the dog, then I pay it with enormous gratitude. Because even though I'm crying, I was just so happy he was ours. And I'm so happy that we were his. My friend Spencer Hall said simply, dogs are grace. And Chris Stapleton sings about a revelation that a dog has a soul. And they're both right. I stared into the eyes of Otis the dog and into his soul, and I promised him again and again, yours is going to forever live in mine.